I'm hoping, you know, she's at peace and at rest. I am grateful for all the good memories we had, all the wonderful times we spent together. And there was lots of them. The two years was very in contrast to the almost 11 years that we were together. And I think that's what makes it such a tragedy because you think like, how could this been avoided? How could we do something different? How, what could we have done? You know, um, in hindsight, it's important for people to take their mental health and their physical health seriously. You see, the combination with Alexandra was a combination of her mental and physical health. She had all these underlying conditions mentally, but the physical aspects of it did um, make them worse because she didn't take care of her health at all. Her diet, her blood pressure, the her being anemic made the mental health aspects really, really exaggerated and even worse. And she didn't seem to have the ability to put the brakes on, on anything anymore. It just, everything was just like a runaway train, you know, and I, I could go on and on about panic attacks and, you know, her, her we're driving in the car and her having freakouts and just, it could just go on. This will be like a seven hour podcast, but I think from the, everything I told you, you get the idea. She suffered greatly. And for me, it took about a year to recover. I, I actually spoke to all her doctors, got a good insight of what was, what went on with her. One of her other doctors believed that she was also had, heart disease from her lifestyle and her eating choices and she probably also had liver issues from just drinking basically she drank almost a two liter thing of pop of coca-cola every single day or a case of pop chocolate chips salt and vinegar chips she had high blood pressure everything she liked was salty forget to take her pills you get you get the idea The doctor that was a psychiatrist that diagnosed her with the autism, he actually became my grief counselor and therapist because I think he was a perfect fit because he knew her, was able to diagnose her, but he was also able to provide me grief counseling and make me understand the behavior that she was. Uh, this insight definitely helped me tremendously because while I was going through it, not having all the pieces to the puzzle, I did not understand what she was going through. Or I didn't understand um, how the behavior tied to everything. I didn't, I didn't understand the full picture. My advice to someone now who's taking care of someone with severe mental health like what would i do in hindsight if i had the ability like going through that two years of pure hell of not understanding and not knowing what the person um what you're dealing what they're dealing with see it's it's different because like say for example let's say that she was an alcoholic and she's drinking heavy every day drinking heavy booze and then having all the effects of the alcohol then you would understand oh 
if it wasn't for the booze, this person would be okay, right? So at first, naturally, I just blame the excessive weed. I'm like, hey, you're smoking too much, and it's make it's affecting you. You're you're freaking out. You're panic. Your your mood is all up and down the place. And and yes, she did smoke excessively, and she used it as a crutch, right? But but this was way bigger than any weed. What what was going on with her? You know, at the end of the day is that she had two aneurysms in her in her head. She had a legion. She had um, a lot of unresolved issues that started to bubble up. The the violent sexual assault. She started talking about it again, and and fixating on it. And that was and 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 that because it was unresolved, it came up then at the end at the worst time because she started fixating on that and getting herself really worked up and upset about it. She journaled a lot and her journals would get darker and darker and darker and darker. And, and so she started to really deteriorate mentally, like really deteriorate to the point where she had really great handwriting to her handwriting. I couldn't even recognize anymore. So almost everything about her changed on a terrible fundamental way so what i would suggest for someone who's dealing with someone like this is get outside help early see if i knew where this was going yes she went to lots of doctors and but she didn't have a doctor that knew everything everything was compartmentalized but what I mean by getting outside help is that there's just no way for one person like myself with children to be able to take it all, all, all at once. So what I would suggest is that you got to take care of yourself. I should have took better care of my health. My health definitely suffered. And I look at pictures of myself when I'm going through the stuff that I was going with Alexandra. I, I don't look like what I look like now. I look like it, I look older then than I do now. Like it, 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 it took a lot out of me. So I would suggest that you get outside help, get as much help as you can from other family members, from other friends, trying to take it all on yourself. It brought me to having a heart attack. I actually had a terrible uh, anxiety attacks because of it. You know, the exchanges, you know, we'd get she'd start arguing with me in the car by the time we get in the house she's just carrying on and on there was one point where where we were arguing so much i actually fainted because it just it just it it upset me so bad that i couldn't get to reason with her because again remember this is a person I would never have arguments with and that's all we did that, that, that every minute every breathing every second was bickering or arguing and and at the like i said go, while going through this i didn't know about all the other stuff that was going on i didn't understand autism i didn't understand borderline personality disorder i didn't understand her her issues that she was having with gender her sexuality at this stage uh, of the game of her inability to make choices and stick with them her ability to organize the hoarding the massive amount of money that she was spending and having challenging children on top of it 
And then having people come to the house to help with the kids and the house looks super embarrassing and and crazy and and you know one time when the bi's were, were at her house the cops came because she was screaming so loud that the neighbors called the cops and i forgot that and she, she i did get her calm and then we're having a meeting with all these child care workers and the rcmp show up to the rcmp's credit though i know there's lots of anti-cop stuff out there Every time the RCMP came to our house, they were professional, they were polite, they didn't try to escalate the situation, and I was grateful for their professionalism and how they treated Alexandra, and she was pretty worked up when they would come, so I couldn't imagine if the wrong cop put her in handcuffs, it would have been a complete nightmare. She probably would have had a stroke if they did that, but the cops were good, they were solid, they did a great job, they didn't escalate the situation. They were kind. They were compassionate. And if anything, they, they, they were actually helpful. So I want to give that out there to the Surrey uh, RCMP for doing uh, treating my wife with kindness and compassion under very stressful circumstances. So after she died, which I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, I was a mess. I had a house to deal with. She had no will. The finances were in a massive disarray. She spent $25,000 on cannabis. Seriously. Uh, the hoarding, the wasting money on all the stuff. And I would guesstimate that about thirty, forty thousand dollars and now I had to get it all removed because the house was unlivable. I had to hire a construction crew to come in with a container and just fill it up full of stuff. And it took like three loads to the dump that cost me thousands of dollars and, and lots of aggravation of sorting through it. Because the problem is this is that she would put like everything together so in the pile that'd be valuable insurance papers valuable so i had to go through it painstakingly because there was insurance papers i had to look for her her personal information her birth certificate all that kind of stuff right so everything was a mess and it, it took it took months and months and months to try to clean up that mess it, it it did and it was very exhausting now I'm in a good place I did a year of therapy with the doctor that did diagnose her he's a solid doctor I have a lot of perspective I understand now clearly what she went through even though at the time it was very brutal I believe that she had a lot of unresolved issues even going back even before the sexual assault because I found diaries from her early uh, 20s and they were pretty dark they were pretty dark they were almost just as dark as the ones later so she suppressed a lot of stuff there was a lot of stuff from her childhood that was unresolved and she was a very sensitive person she was a very sensitive woman that did bottle up a lot of stuff so even though she pretended that everything was fine and had a sunny demeanor that she did most of her life she had a lot of stuff under the surface that was really 
bothering and traumatizing her. Obviously, the sexual assault was horribly traumatizing, and I felt that she always felt traumatized that she never got a sense of justice. The cops pretty much couldn't really do anything. She didn't get really a lot of emotional support from people close to her. And that really started to come up and, and eat away at her later in life, especially when she was in this low mental state. The health, the different, the different um, prescription drugs, not being on a, a stable, either you're on them or off them. She would always be on or off, on or off, on or off. That really messed her up. Her diet, her lifestyle choices also. It all came together in a perfect storm. Anyways. So, one thing to add is that I started this podcast while all this was going on because I needed something to focus on. I needed something to take my mind on off all the stuff. So when it started to do well, it actually was extremely therapeutic for me that I was doing something that people seemed to care about and the more energy I put into it, the more it grew and it gave me satisfaction. So this, all the stuff that I was talking about was going on as I was making podcasts, as I was doing posts, as I was interacting with all you people that have interacted with me. And I'm not telling you this to feel sorry for me, but what I am telling you is that no matter how hard your life is, no matter how brutal things are on, it's still important to do something for yourself. And this is what I mean. By, by me having this project to do the podcast, the, the post, the uh, building this platform, it gave me something to look forward to every day. It gave me the ability to interact with people that didn't know I was going through this stuff because I didn't want them to feel sorry for me or pity me. I want them to interact with me for what I was doing and, and knowing that I was doing something that they found valuable. So that was extremely therapeutic. So this platform for me has been a very therapeutic tool to help me get through this really incredibly dark chapter in my life. And I appreciate the support that you have shown me. So now maybe you understand how grateful that I am because I think without this platform and having the people that I interact with, I think I'd be in a lot darker place. I think it's given me a sense of purpose and a sense of pride that I can do something to help my community to be a better place. Obviously, I hate predators and pedos and scumbags, and you can see why, because look what they did to my wife and got away with it. So, I do believe that Alexandra is in a better place. I sense her, I dream about her, I have these vivid dreams where she talks to me and she actually seems happy in them. And I hope when my time is ready, I'll see her again. So thank you so much for listening. It is 4.06 AM. Have a good day, good night, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you are. Take care of yourself. And I mean that, take care of yourself.